A continuation now of a reading journey we began earlier this summer. My self-imposed assignment for summer reading was to tackle the small but growing list of fiction titles devoted to examining the events of September 11th, 2001, almost 10 years ago. We spoke with Jonathan Safran Foer, whose book uh, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close is a look at how the sudden attack on the Twin Towers bends reality itself. I also picked up Don DeLillo's Falling Man, which explores how events redefine and disrupt people's attempts to control and conceal their identities. Today, a different story of the aftermath of 9-11 tragedy. Amy Waldman's novel, The Submission, is a look at the national ritual of grieving. It's a story of how people decide who and what can commemorate an experience that meant so many things to so many different people. It's a story of religion, patriotism, politics, loss, and redemption. And author Amy Waldman joins us this morning. Good morning, Amy. Good morning. So uh, let's just begin. This story is about an anonymous submission for a memorial at the World Trade Center site by a secular Muslim American. And the discovery that his submission won the prize creates an enormous sort of reexamination of what this event actually meant. Uh, Why did you choose this story? And did you have any idea how prescient in some sense you would be based on subsequent events? I didn't have any idea how prescient I would be uh, when I was writing it. I had the idea probably in 2003 or four, actually, a couple years after 9-11. And it really came out of a conversation with a friend about Myelin and the Vietnam Veterans Memorial. And I started thinking about... Um, and in that particular case, she's an Asian American who was viewed as like maybe not having sufficient gravitas or a commemorative patriotic spirit to be allowed to have the Vietnam Veterans Memorial as her design. And of course, that was proved completely wrong by events. It's the most popular uh, site in Washington, D.C., I think. Exactly. But yeah, so that is that was sort of the trigger of what gave me the idea initially. And it really stayed with me. And the more I started thinking about it, it just seemed a way into all of these questions in the wake of 9-11 about who we are as a country. This book really does begin with the idea, and it's a very visceral reexamination. An event happens, and you think about things you never thought you had to think about, you, you never believed you, you would need to think about. Uh, you, you have to look at things in a different way. All the characters go through this in the book, um, and it's a huge tapestry of characters. Uh, how ambitious did you imagine this would get as you began to sit down and actually write? I think when you, at least for me, starting a novel, especially a first novel, I couldn't think too much about how ambitious it would be or I wouldn't have been able Thank to write. Goodness, I, would have done yes. it. Goodness, exactly. I would have been paralyzed. But I knew very early on that I wanted to tell the story from multiple perspectives because I felt like that's what the aftermath of this event was like, was competing perspectives. How do we reach reconciliation? How do we reach consensus in the wake of this? And it's amazing how well you do with all those characters. I'm I'm astounded at how you inhabit those characters in so many different ways so credibly. And reviewers have even commented on this as well. But who's the narrator here? Who is the narrator? Uh, There is no narrator. I mean, what I... There's a voice, but it's not a narrator. There's definitely not a narrator. What I wanted is that when you are with a certain character and the book cuts between them, you see the world through that character's eyes. And it was important to me to to pull the reader from one perspective to another like that and not have an overarching person telling you what's going on. So you are inside the mind of each character. 
You know, with your long experience as a reporter, and you, in fact, covered 9-11 for the New York, or partner of the New York Times, there are times in the novel where you almost forget it's, it's fiction, mm-hmm. where it's so realistic and actually, as you say, so prescient of, of later events that you almost feel as though you're reading a newspaper account. I'm wondering if, you, if that was conscious on your part and, and why. What effect you were trying to get from the reader to, to kind of blur that line between fiction and fact? Mm-hmm. I definitely wanted it to feel real. I wanted you to forget that you were reading a novel in one sense and just lose yourself in the reality on the page to the point where where there were passages of, of writing that I loved and thought was really beautiful, but I cut them out because I felt like it distracted hmm. from that sense that, that this could be something that happened, and I wanted you to feel that and really feel it as, as something you might experience. The, the book imposes something on, on the reader, and that is that there must be a memorial at 9-11 at the World Trade Center site. Why? Well, partly that was spinning off reality because we, as a city and country, made that decision very early on, not just that there must be a memorial, but that it must happen quickly as part of the healing process. And I think there's has been a lot of debate around that and probably will continue to be over time, even as the memorial opens. You know, was this too fast when we are still grappling with the meanings of the event? But Has it been healing, that process, do you think, as you observed it? It, it? it isn't necessarily healing in your book to all the characters. No, in my book it's quite divisive yeah. And, yeah. and opens up a lot of wounds. But I think on some level there's a value to that, to having a memorial process open up a discussion, as it did, frankly, for Vietnam even. Sure. Here, Although that was much longer after the event. Yeah, well, not much when you think about yeah, it. I maybe suppose not. I suppose in the, the very end of the uh, the war, that's true. You know, reviewers have commented that this book is not necessarily a novel of nine eleven. It's more a commemoration of all the various kinds of emotions that came out. Almost a catalog of the emotions that came out of the nine eleven experience. Without commenting on whether that that actually could be a perfectly worthy <laughs> approach to fiction, what, what's your response to that criticism? Oh, I absolutely think it's a novel. I mean, to me, and and the response I've gotten so far just to the characters and you enter into their stories, I think think you do start to care about. Maybe not every reader will, but I certainly think so far at least a lot of the people who've read it, you do start to care about the characters and what happens to them. And to me, that's a novel. You you say you you decided you were going to do this very shortly after, two years or so after 9-11 itself, an, an event that you covered for the New York Times, right? Um, you know, I think of you and your colleagues uh, in the fiction world as a kind of emotional first responder, that you've gone into a territory that I think is scary for a fiction writer on some level because it is so electric. Everybody has their memories that trump whatever you're going to put on the page. Um, do you feel that sense of bravery going into this territory? No, I don't think of Because uh, I feel it when I read. I mean, yeah, I don't. You're tough. <laughs> Seriously. I think the thing about writing a novel is that you don't know if anybody will read it, you know, besides your husband and parents. <laughs> and so it didn't feel brave. It just felt like a compulsion. It just I wanted to tell this story, whether it would be read or not read. And so it didn't really feel brave. It just felt to me like a necessity, I guess. How did you know you were done with the story? Um, because my publisher <laughs> said I didn't have any more time to work. On it. <laughs> That's great, and it comes out, uh, you know, as the tenth anniversary happens. So uh, I'm just wondering your thoughts about the ten year anniversary, because you've been in this experience well before the rest of us. 
Right, right. I think uh, it feels pretty momentous on some level. I think been a lot of anniversaries since 9-11, but somehow this one does feel different. So, you know, maybe kind of the end of a chapter or something for us. Well, thanks so much for being my companion during my book club assignment for this summer. Uh, the book is The Submission. Amy Waldman is the author. It's a story about 9-11 and so much more. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. You can uh, get more information about other book club reads. You can listen to interviews again with this one with Amy Waldman or with other authors. Head over to the www.thetakeaway.org. Also, head over to our blog at our website and tell us what you have been reading. And we want you to write a review. What is a book that has kept you interested all summer long? Uh, we want to know it at thetakeaway.org. All this morning and all this week, in fact, we're trying to get big ideas from you. How to fix the economy. This is Jerry from New Jersey. Whatever happened to converting to the metric system, that would create a tremendous number of jobs, good, solid jobs, changing signs and things like that. It would also make us more productive and more competitive in the world because the rest of the world is on the metric system. I still have my metric system lunchbox. I do. Really? Yes, there was indeed. a metric system there was. lunchbox? I think we should do a whole week and you on the metric it? system. Yes, indeed. I, I'm going to be gone that week. Whatever week it is, I will be on vacation. <laughs> Give us a call with your big ideas at 877 my take. That's right. I'm Celeste Headley. And I'm John Hockenberry. This is The Takeaway.